Recorded on May 4th, 2022. We have a special session, a special emergency pod. I feel so official, but this is important. That's our Roe v. Wade episode. Welcome to the Push Ahead podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. I'm Shelby. And I am Pamela and our special guest. Hi, I'm Ellie. Hi, Ellie. (laughs) Thanks for being here. And we're here to talk about the Supreme Court's leaked draft decision. And Jamie is here, but as the fact that he has no uterus, he is not going to say anything. And that's a choice that he's made. And I support that choice. None of us asked him not to. He just made that choice that this was not his room to play in. So thank you, Jamie. It's not a lack of love of the women in the room or the respect in the women in the room. He just thinks that this conversation needs to be limited to us. So Shelby, what happened? Well, I was perusing the computer at around 8 p.m. on Monday night when Politico dropped an article saying that they had a draft of the majority opinion that would strip Roe versus Wade away. And that was leaked. It was a draft by Alito, right? Yes. It's widely unpopular, as you guys wrote in the notes, it's widely unpopular. Ellie, how did you find out about all this? And what, what was your first impression? Yeah. So Shelby actually texted me that that night and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny because I Googled it and I couldn't find anything. Like I went to the Apple news, you know, how they have all the breaking news. There was nothing about it. And I was like, um, maybe she's, you know, like had a little bit too much to drink. I, <laughs> I did have Joan Cove. They had that sober. party on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to bed thinking that it was not a thing. And then when I woke up, I was like, oh, shit, this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I only started putting it out as soon as I saw it because I saw it came from Politico. And I got to thank the Disney Democrat group on Facebook because they're the one that pushed it out first. I love that group. Yes. And, you know, it's extremely frustrating and expected that the right wing conversation is all about the leak. Like, that's the worst. Somebody literally posted, this leak is the worst thing that's happened to our democracy. I'm like, no, the the writing behind the leak is the worst thing that ever happened to our democracy. And, you know, every day I think I'm going to get to breathe today. (laughs) I, I get a break today. I won't have to say this selection is the most important in your lifetime. Just once. Yeah. I would like to not have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> whew, whew. Anyway, I'll say that the reason I say, and it sounds so hyperbolic, I, I walked around just this heaviness mm-hmm. and it wasn't even over restricting abortion access. I know that Ellie's going to have a lot of really intelligent comments to make on that as a medical professional. But for me, my immediate thought was these justices were confirmed. And in every one of their confirmation hearings, yeah. they said Roe is law of the land and it's precedent. You know what else is law of the land and precedent is a legal gay marriage. It is desegregated schools. Mm-hmm. It is the right of women to vote, which is newer than an eight hour workday. <laughs> to put this in perspective, in the Florida legislature, we talked about this at our last week's session, Florida legislature passed all these horrendous laws, knowing full well they were going to be sued for them and pass that bill on to Florida taxpayers. They don't care because they get to make people mad. And that always made me feel better, like knowing we're going to sue. You can't sue the Supreme Court. There is nothing above that. They are literally recreating our Constitution and everything that we woke up Monday knowing was America. We right. woke up Tuesday 
questioning if it will still be. Well, when I read just even excerpts of it, they're going after privacy. Yeah, because that's actually what Roe v. Wade was. Roe v. Wade did not grant a woman a right to have an abortion. Roe v. Wade granted a woman to make private health decisions for herself and granted that that was in the Constitution. They didn't grant that. They just affirmed that the Constitution gives a woman a right to privacy in her health decisions. And they are now taking that away. In response to you saying, you know, we went to bed Monday night thinking everything was fine and woke up. Was this really a surprise? Was it? To me, yes, only because I thought that this was their only rallying cry for the evangelicals. And the more that they could say, we're going to stop abortions and things. I did not see it coming. I should have because Roberts put it on the docket. I mean, the thing is that during their confirmation hearings, they said it was precedent and all that stuff. But you'll notice that they never actually said, no, I will not try to repeal it. That's what offends me the most, right? But it's not about Roe. They said it's precedent and law of the land. Right. By now ignoring that precedent and throwing out that law of the land, they are saying we can do this to anything, not Roe. Basically, they said, yes, it's precedent, law of the land, and we don't care. (laughs) So that's the most offensive and terrifying part, that they still believe it's the law of the land. They just don't like it, so they're not going to have it in place anymore. And as to your point, Shelby, about the evangelicals, why do you think the Republican machine has spent the last six months fighting a culture war beyond our imagination? Because now they have a new thing, a new boogeyman. Well, they're trying to get a a new boogeyman. Yeah, they've got a new boogeyman for the evangelicals to be afraid of. Well, I definitely, when Roberts, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett were on the court, I knew that this was going to happen. They were all hand-stamped and approved by the Federalist Society. And one of the things of the Federalist Society is to take the abortion to Roe versus Wade out of the Constitution. So take this to the next step. I, I'm i old enough to remember this. You all may not be. Nope. But Bill McCullum was the Florida Attorney General in 2006. He was our Florida Attorney General. Mm-hmm. And he ran for the Republican governor nomination. He lost to Rick Scott. And I frankly don't know which is worse. His premise was on the personhood concept. Now, I hope that there are Republicans listening to this podcast. I hope there are people who think that Roe is an abomination and abortion should be outlawed listening to this podcast because the personhood amendment will take away all oral contraceptives. As a Catholic, I can tell you that oral contraceptives generally work as an abortive patient. So they prevent it, prevent a fetus from implanting in the uterus where the fetus can get nourishment and grow and causes a spontaneous miscarriage. And the personhood amendment declares that a zygote being or whatever, the egg being fertilized immediately becomes a human with a soul. And anything you do to prevent that soul and that human being born is a violation of the personhood. Therefore, oral contraceptives will be banned under the concept of personhood, which is what Alito refers to the personhood amendment in his, in his statements as well. So oral contraceptives will be banned. The day after pill will be banned. And if you know anything about economic history, if you know anything about economic history and when women weren't in the workforce like they are today, women couldn't really have professional careers because they could be discriminated against and fired if they got pregnant. Do you know that up until just a few years ago, if you were in a military academy and got pregnant, you were kicked out? Yep. Like, that's insane. And the military realized, oh, we are asking women to have abortions (laughs) instead of... Keeping them in the, maybe we'll keep them. So they realized that women's healthcare issues were also hurting our economy. And if you study how our, our staunchest enemies, 
the ISIS community, Pakistan, when it became crazy, far-right evangelical, started, how they gained control started with things like banning birth control and banning abortion and then goes to women unable to attend school. And I know all this sounds hyperbolic, but so does banning oral contraception, right? If you're listening to this and you think that we are overreacting because we are afraid that they're going to keep us from going to school, banning oral contraception is no further from my imagination. And yet it's just as conceivable now. Yes. I hate to say that I've watched all of Handmaid's Tale and that's basically where we're going right now. Well, except in Handmaid's Tale, they had to have a war to do it. They had to literally go to war and destroy the American capital. Here, they just had to go, hey, SCOTUS, can you, can you give us a hand? They didn't have to go to war in the United States to start this impingement on women's privacy and on the right of women to direct their health care. So Ellie, tell me the story of how you decided to be a Democrat. I was in line at my high school. I was 17, registering to vote. And the only thing that I cared about was the right for women to choose to have an abortion. I was a single issue, 17 year old. And I didn't even know what the party name was. I actually had to say, which party is okay with abortion? <laughs> yeah, so, so I have been a Democrat ever since. But the crazy thing about how all this started Republicans back in the 70s or back in the 60s were like fine with abortion. Reagan <laughs> like signed Reagan the first abortion law. Yeah, Reagan apparently passed like the most liberal abortion law in the country when he was governor. People were hailing the decision of Roe v. Wade. But then they... Carl Rove. Yeah. Then, yep. And Jerry Falwell. Well, Carl Rove told Ronald Reagan, if you want the Catholic vote... You need to be passionate about abortion. The evangelists said, you know, we need to come together. They actually, Jerry Falwell actually tried out different like topics to see what would push the most buttons. You know, like he tried pornography or homosexuality. And when he got those apparently weren't enough for people to be up in arms about. But when he got to abortion and people were frothing at the mouth, then that became the hot topic. And that's how it all turned around. Why was that such an important issue for you at 17? My best friend had gotten pregnant at 16 and I went through the process with her and I couldn't imagine her being pregnant and having a baby, you know, while we were in high school. When I was 17, I didn't know anybody couldn't have one. And I'm older than y'all. And it was still so commonplace in my life that I didn't ever know that there was a political conversation happening that anybody was opposing abortion, maybe because I am older than you. And in 1979, when I was a junior in high school, you know, nobody knew that Republicans apparently supposedly opposed abortion. Now, let's be real. Republican voters don't generally oppose abortion any more than Democratic voters do. But Republican lawmakers know that it makes people mad. And that's the crazy thing is like the people in power they don't give a. F- I am sure that most of those Republicans have funded abortions. You know, like they don't give a fuck about abortion. They just care about the vote, and yeah. that's what people don't understand. No, this is their issue to steam up people because if by chance their mistress happens to get pregnant, they're going to get them. Well, and abortion. I'm quite sure that there are some honor. I, I know there are some people who oppose abortion who genuinely oppose abortion. I I know that they exist, and I don't think everybody. You know, it's very easy. For, and I'm agreeing with you cynically because I said it too. But not every elected official has a mistress and not every, some really believe this stuff that they spew. But the point is, I've always known that outlawing abortion, it will only make safe and legal abortions stop. Right. It won't stop abortion, right. y'all. People have been having abortions 
since before the Bible was written, and yet Jesus didn't mention it at all. And yeah, people have been having abortions. They've just been taking care of them themselves and dying. My mother-in-law, who was a staunch Catholic and very conservative voter, was also was raised in Waltham, Massachusetts, and she was a nurse. And she said everything turned for her when a woman came into the hospital with septic shock and died. And she had seven children at home. Her husband would come home drunk, beat her, get her pregnant, and then leave. And come back drunk, beat her, get her pregnant, and leave. And she had seven children at home. And this was probably early 50s. And the woman just could not imagine having an eighth baby raising them basically by herself with no money because her husband was drinking it away and died. And now not only is there no baby, there's no mother, and there are seven children with a drunk father. Yes, this is also how a friend of mine's great-grandmother in the 1920s, same thing, lots of children, knew that, you know, she couldn't take care of all of them and she died having an illegal abortion. That's going to happen. And I, you know, I would love to make pain go away so women don't feel like that's where they are. But I don't have that magic wand. And as a government, we're certainly not going to do anything to fill the gaps that those women need. Our our state has has refused to expand Medicaid. You know, if you make a dollar, you can't get Medicaid in Florida. And so we're refusing to provide medical care for these women unless you wish to adopt out your baby. Then, Then you'll have care provided. That was actually one of the proposals. That's cute. Isn't that great? Yeah. If you consent to adopting your baby out, then you, that's actually, yeah, I think that was a proposal in Florida legislature. That was, no, that's Rick Scott's 12 point plan. That's where that is. That if you agree to uh, let your baby be adopted, then the government will fund your health care while you're pregnant. Otherwise, you know, you, you can have a nice little hanger. I doubt they'd fund the mental health yeah. afterwards. Oh, no. Yeah. no, they don't do anything afterwards. Baby's out and that's it. They wipe their hands clean. And it's crazy that Amy Comey Barrett actually said that because of the safe haven laws, women can just drop their babies off, their newborns off with no questions asked, and they'll have a good home. And and it's so easy for the women to do too, you know. And let's also talk about the fact that this is not always just an option where a woman has a choice. This would make a medical abortion illegal, a fallopian pregnancy, a pregnancy. Aborting that pregnancy would be just as illegal as the woman choosing an abortion. Everybody thinks that that's, you know, whatever. A 12-year-old, I mean, I could have gotten pregnant at 12. I was physically capable of becoming pregnant at 12 years old. And this actually means that this law requires that if he didn't, God bless him. But if my father had raped me and I'd gotten pregnant, I would have been forced to have that baby. Yeah. And so basically men can go around raping women and force them to have babies. Oh, and by the way, if they are arrested for that rape, then they can actually still get visitation, not just visitation, custody, and you have to pay child support. Like it's insane how people view women as incubators. But this also makes uh, medical abortions illegal. If you're about to deliver a dead fetus and you can't abort that either, any, any incest, rape, or the life of the mother in danger, except to the state. And we know our state will probably be leading that charge. So Ellie, as a medical professional, I know a lot of people got really hung up on the idea of heartbeat, right? Because it used to be when Roe was first passed, it was the first trimester, you could not ban an abortion anywhere in the country at all. Right. In the second trimester, you could, if there was not medical necessity in the third trimester, you couldn't even offer an abortion. Well, unless there was- The life of the mother. The life of the mother, yeah. And that was the law until when they codified it and said viability. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, I don't think I should be forced to be anybody's, anybody's life support system, right? But the heartbeat bill that came out, now I know you can talk to that, that that heart beating in a Petri dish is not a heart, it's cells right. pulsing. So tell us more about that in a way that makes me not sound stupid. No, you said it exactly. I did? Yeah, it's, huh. you know, neurons and electrical impulses, basically just creating this, this beating. Absolutely. To me, it's no question. If a baby cannot survive outside of the mother's womb, it's not considered viable and should not be protected under any laws. Yeah, you're forcing the mother to be an incubator and a life support system. Right. When a woman has a miscarriage at 20 weeks, or let's say the woman delivers at 20 weeks, that baby is not going to make it no matter what interventions you do. I mean, anything less than 20 weeks, really. And let's be clear, there are no laws passed. Yeah, not yet. Other than the 15-week ban. What has happened has not suddenly made abortion illegal in 50 states. And what has happened right now is nothing. What has happened is, I believe, they're trying to say the, the far right leaked this. I don't care who leaked it. I know I'm going to use it because, and thank you for the gift of telling us in advance so we can mobilize. But what's happened is that a precursor of what will probably happen. Now, right. if a justice gets super nervous, it, it won't pass, but they still have to actually vote. And assuming that they vote as we're pretty sure they will and overturn Roe, what will then happen is some states will immediately have an, a complete abortion ban because that's written in their laws. Our state does not, right. is not a trigger state, correct? Right. Correct. So our state will then have a special session, more than likely, as Shelby said, DeSantis will call a special session to create an abortion ban. At that point, it becomes illegal. But meanwhile, women are, I mean, living in deathly fear. I, I did see somebody post the plan B pill is still available. Yes. And it has a four year shelf life. So Amazon has it for really, really cheap. I think I'm going to stock up just so I have it for my friends. So if you're listening to this and you ever find yourself in need, see if I can help you. And I don't care if that's illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal the day I'm saying it. And then yeah. there's still other things that we can do. You know, Ellie, I'm so glad you're on this call tonight, this pod tonight. For one thing, I miss your face. I'm still not seeing your face, but hearing your voice. But for the, our listeners who, if you like any, if you ever think I have any insight to give whatsoever, you can blame Ellie. Ellie met me and pointed me in the direction of the Brevard Dems, um, gosh, five years ago. And led me here. So it's appropriate that you're here when I talk about what we can do. Yes. So I will say people were contacting our office and asking, is there going to be a protest? And this was yesterday. And two of our district, three of our districts had meetings last night to hand out turf to reach out to new Democrats and Democrats whose mail ballots expired because we know that that helps Democrats vote. And the answer was, yes, you can meet at Emma Jewell at 630 or you can meet at Lassie Lassie in Titusville at seven. Because really, truly... Protesting feels great and I'm glad you're angry and I want to use that anger, but nothing will change unless we yeah. win elections. Let me say that one more time. Nothing, your anger won't change anything. Nothing will change unless we win elections. We need to be voting in 2020 numbers because of midterms. Normally it's about half that show up from a presidential to a governor. You know what else we're going to need that we didn't have in 2020? So when I studied the turnout elections in 2020 in Brevard County, uh, we drove turnout like through the roof. One of our demographics was missing, was 10% less than every other demographic. And that was young Democrats. Now, yeah. if you're a young Democrat listening to this, you are going to be more affected by this immediately, yeah. the, the Roe v. Wade aspect than anybody else. Yep. yep. So I need you 
to not only vote, I need you to show up and help me get other people to the polls. I know it's uncomfortable. You know what else is uncomfortable? Looking at you know your neighbor as she comes to you crying because she's pregnant and has no resources. So I'm just going to say, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> We're in for a fight and we have to fight. Now in Brevard County, there is at least one state legislator seat that I think we could probably move. We don't have any Democrats running in either of our state Senate seats. We don't have any Democrats running in th- three of our four state representative seats. And that's where the laws are written. Yes. That's where the laws are written. It's so easy for us to look at Congress and at the Supreme Court and think, you know, oh, woe is me. But if you don't pay attention to what's happening on our state level, that you're just missing it. So our laws are written there. That's one thing. We need people to run for office and we need people to help us get Democrats elected. And our governor's race, even if the state, if the Republicans hold a majority in our state legislature, and I'm saying this because if they've got a huge advantage and Democrats, we wring our hands and we say, well, we can't move the needle enough to matter. So why bother? Because if we have a Democratic governor, two of our leading candidates have both told me what they will do is that they will immediately call a special session and they will keep that legislature in Tallahassee until they write new laws and overturn all of the crap that they've done this year, starting with any abortion ban that they put in place. And Nikki said, Christmas gets cold in Tallahassee. Um, So we've got to do not only our state legislature, but our governor's seat, that we've got that double protection. Rather than just thinking, it won't matter anyway. Your vote has never mattered more than 2022. And that includes 2020 and keeping Trump out of the White House. Yep. 2022 in Florida has never mattered more. We need to get Rubio out. We need to secure more Senate seats because the good news is if we get over a 50 vote majority without Mansion and Cinema, we can stop the filibuster and they can codify it into our federal law. I will say Biden's pissed. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just gives them the green light to just, you know, and he tries very hard to follow process and keep process in place and respect the Senate. But you're probably going to bleep this out, Jamie. You have to bleep out Jamie's too, but I don't give a, f- you know, I'm just like, don't care. And while we are fighting for democratic norms, democracy itself is under attack. Yes. And the gloves are off. Democracy is worth fighting for. And nothing less than democracy is on the line right now. We need you to vote and we need you to help us get other Democrats to vote. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance that you're a super voter. You probably vote early. You would vote often if you lived in a corrupt place, if you were a cheater. <laughs> you probably vote every chance you have. You probably vote for every thing on the ballot. But you know what? Your neighbor doesn't. I want to teach you how to have that conversation with your neighbors to get them to the polls and get their friends to the polls and get their friends to the polls. I want this to be such an overwhelming turnout that nobody can even perpetuate the big lie that nobody can even imagine that what they've tried to put in place is popular with anybody other than Moms for Liberty. And I really don't give a shit what they think. Yeah. I mean, if we are to believe the polls of the last 25 plus years, 70% of Americans want abortion to be legal. Also, I just saw a new map today showing where abortion is more favorable. Florida. And again, remember, this is more than abortion, you guys. Mm -hmm. But this goes well beyond that. If this can happen, 
gay marriage will be next. Interracial marriage could be next. Desegregating schools. I honestly think as crazy as that sounds, I don't think that is off the table. I think that's very likely on the table. Well, they could definitely make homosexuality illegal. Correct. Because of the privacy aspect of everything. We have seen what a supermajority can do. This is a 6-3 vote or it's or if Roberts actually grew a spine, which I doubt, a 5-4 vote. But again, even though we can't affect the Supreme Court, what we do in Florida, because what has to happen if this is all overturned is it then goes to states and states get to write laws affecting their whether abortion's legal. In fact, one state, I think it's Missouri, is making it illegal to offer somebody an abortion from another state. Oh, yeah. And they're actually they don't have abortion in Missouri and they're actually going after anybody in the other state. If in Illinois, you try to help somebody from Missouri get an abortion, they they're trying to make it so they can sue you for that. So but what we can do is we can get people elected in Florida to make sure that those laws don't pass in Florida. Also in Oklahoma, you will get more time for having an abortion than your rapist will for raping you. So we got a lot to do. I don't want anybody to give up. You know, I'm like a crazy optimist. I Do I need to say this? I'm the chair of the Brevard Democrats. Like I'm a freaking op- optimist. I believe in all sorts of possibilities. And that's why there is a next step. That's why Ellie sent me to Brevard Dems when I was panicked five years ago. That's why Shelby and Jamie said, hey, let's do this podcast. I promise you this, listeners, if there stops being a next step, I'll tell you. And then I'll move to Italy. But right now there is a next step. So show up. I know we're working on a rally for next Sunday, not this week because it's Mother's Day. So next Sunday we're working on a rally. Stay tuned to social media. And if we hear something here, if you as a listener hear of some things that, that are happening in your area that you want us to get the word out to support, then email us at pushaheadpod at gmail.com. Did I get that right? I'm so proud of myself. Pushaheadpod at gmail.com. That's pushaheadpod at gmail.com. Email us and we'll get the word out quickly. What about that strike? Have you guys heard about that? The mother strike? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. I don't dig a concept of striking because if you don't have Mother's Day plans, then I'd like you to be out talking to Democrats at the doors. I'd rather do an action than a strike. But well, this is for a week where they're basically saying no women go to work or shop. Unfortunately, don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't shop. Now, if you can, by all means, but unfortunately, the women that we are fighting for can't do that. Well, I think it's a really good point, though, because what they're saying is this is what our society could look like if we take away the right of women to make their health care choices. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I get the concept. But if you're not going to go to work and you're not going to shop and you're not going to go to school, then reach out to me so I can get you out talking to Democrats in your neighborhood. That's what we can do that will literally, I know, will move the needle. And I just wanted to bring up just a few dates. We haven't even been 100 years where birth control was medically approved. I remember when that happened, actually. It was the 60s when, med- when, when it became legal. Because mm-hmm. it was illegal when I was born. In 1963, that's when we had the Equal Pay Act. We, we had, still didn't have an Equal Rights Amendment. No. no. That was actually suggested 100 years ago next year. Yep. And it has been. Yeah, that's insane. And then in 1964, if you ever need to watch a great movie, is On the Basis of Sex, talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's first Supreme Court case that she argued. It's been less than 60 years than a single woman did not need her father or her brother to get her credit. So we haven't come that far. I do remember when the pill became legal. I have a book on my library shelves called The Pill. 
And it talks about the economic impact of making birth control pills legal, just that give women the opportunity to comfortably and safely enter the workforce. It gave employers the comfort and safety to hire women because they knew the women were in control of their reproductive futures. So we haven't come that far. So it's not going to take anything at all to go back. But again, this goes well beyond abortion rights. By overturning law of the land, there is not a single accepted law in the United States that cannot now disappear overnight. And that we cannot stand for. That is unacceptable. For that, I'll sweat. For that, I'll knock doors. And I know y'all think I do that anyway, but for that, I'll work when everybody else is on strike because my work is this work. So let's work together to not only protect the right of women to control her health care and control her future and decide when she's going to enter the workforce and when she's not going to be in the workforce and when she's going to have a family, but to also protect the rights of all of our same-sex friends to marry, the rights of of all races to go to school together and learn together, the rights of children to learn freely about the beautiful and horrors of our country. We're fighting for the most basic things possible right now. But you know what? Democracy is worth fighting for. It is. We have to. So uh, keep us posted. It's the Mother's Day strike. It's supposed to be Sunday to Sunday. Yep. And that would kind of be cool because then we could end it with our rally. Don't know yet where our rally is going to be or when or anything else, but where there will be something. And and Ali, I hope to see you in person at that. And in the meantime, reach out at pushaheadpod at gmail.com, or you can reach me personally at hello at brevarddems.org. You can reach me at my name, but that's a lot of names. So hello at brevarddems is the easiest. <laughs> um, or you can call our office and we'll connect you with wherever we will meet you where you're comfortable and take you a little bit further. And we do have to thank Ellie because I was safely not ensconced in politics for a good amount of time. And then 2016, I saw somebody in Brevard County was going to try to organize people. So thank you, Ellie, for getting me back in this game. And thanks for joining us, Ellie. I so appreciate your voice and your brilliance and your contribution, your passion to every conversation, anything and time we have. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Again, to wrap it up one more time with what you can do, the Mother's Day strike, which will be a week, our rally next week. And you can reach out to me so I can put you in touch with Democrats in your neighborhood. You can donate to your party. You can donate to your favorite candidate. There's a lot that you can do to move the needle. We don't need to win everything to move the needle. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.